1: This episode is all about the icon, the caretaker. I am Matt, and joining me this episode, as usual, are my co hosts Quint. Hello. And Karen. Hello. Now, we kind of just talked about the caretaker a little bit last episode. He was introduced in the 2002 event, Islands of Fear, which was our last episode. And I held back a lot of the details of his backstory because as you're about to find out, it is it, there's enough information and enough to talk about for his own episode. Oh, wow, this is
0: cool, and and this is it, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is also kind of a almost a bonus episode with Cindy.
1: Um, no, not really. Because or are you going to
0: keep the Cindy stuff? For yeah, a because because
1: okay. there's kind of a um idea I have brewing for I wouldn't say lost icons, but and I don't want to say miscellaneous, but one's a little too. <laughs> Uh, extreme and the other is two demeanings. So I don't know which yeah. title to call it. If we'll that figure makes something sense. Out yeah. So yeah. And then. Yep. And uh, there is a whole. There's a video. I don't know that I would have pointed out to you two immediately while we would be in line for. I think the best place to see it was body collectors in the regular line. That's probably why we didn't see it. Now that I think about it, I don't think you got to see this video mm. while in the express line. But there's a video, an icons video, and there's a Cindy video. It's on YouTube. And okay. that is something I'd want to feature in that episode as well. And that might would be a little too long for this particular one. Works so for me. this one is all about caretaker. Of course, Cindy will be mentioned with his daughter, but on to the caretaker. So a lot of this, I shouldn't say a lot. That's not true. But some of this is going to be a little bit of repeated information from the last episode and from the summer we did of the icons episode, but I do want to tell the entire story here again. So even though it starts off with stuff we already know, don't worry, we're going to get into some uh, interesting things here very shortly. So, first and foremost, the caretaker that is his icon name, as we know. His real name is Dr. Albert Kane, and he was a doctor, a practicing doctor. He was actually a well respected surgeon at one point in his life. But when we come to know him, he is it's at the start of his caretaker story, it's when he became the caretaker of the Shady Oak Cemetery in Williamette Valley. Now, he had left his medical practice and moved to Williamette Valley with his daughter, the mysterious, as you just said, Cindy. Now, I keep saying Williamette Valley because there's a, th- there's a reason for that, because Williamette Valley has a little bit of a story of his own, or at least the town that it's in does. And I'll just put a little bit of it, the history here for it. It's part of the town of Carey, Ohio. And this is the setting of many many backstories of many many Halloween Horror Nights original IPs. A lot of their origin stories take place in Cary, Ohio. Is this the
0: same as the Shady Oaks Asylum?
1: Shady Brook? Oh, Shady Brook. Shady I Bro- I no, yeah, sh- yeah, Shady Shady Brook I believe has some foot in Cary, Ohio. I wrote down some of the some of the notes of what has actually happened in Cary, Ohio that you, uh, Quinn will know some of these. Karen, they might be new to you. Mm-hmm. The story of Bloody Mary, uh, Dr. Maria Ghana, which that's another character we're going to cover in her own episode because she has a huge, incredibly creepy and interesting backstory.
0: Her mm-hmm. practice,
1: her entire story takes place in Cary, Ohio. Leave it to Cleaver, the tongue in cheek human slaughterhouse slash deli, that was in Cary, Ohio. HR Blood and Guts. Quentin knows this one for sure. We went through oh, it yeah. together. This, this was, and this is one that actually comes up a lot. This is the local TV studio for the local TV station of Cary, Ohio. But how does that Willamette? William William Willamette? Williamette is a, uh, didn't say, oh, I must have, oh, I don't even have that note. I must have <laughs> skipped, I didn't even put it in my notes. Willamette is a, it's like a community inside Cary, Ohio. Like, I I live in Hunter's Creek, but it's actually part of Orlando, Florida. Oh,
0: okay. Got it. Because I'm like looking at Willamette Valley and that's in like Oregon.
1: No, that's not the...
0: the, (laughs) And they have good wine there.
1: That's why I knew it. (laughs) Okay. Which is kind of... It's funny. You know what? I knew that. So I had that note to write. I just didn't write it. So I'm glad you asked that question because I would have never went onto that. Acid Assault, the 3D mapped scare zone. That was in Cary, Ohio. Havoc derailed. This is the crash train that was carrying these psychopathic, genetically engineered super soldiers for uh, Halloween Horror 23 that derailed in Cary, Ohio. So Cary, Ohio has had a a huge history. This is just a small part of it. It's not even quite half. It's maybe a third of the things that have happened that I noted. But this is just giving you a sense of the odd things that happened in Cary, Ohio, including the caretaker cemetery story that we're getting into right now. So now while the caretaker was still the respective, respected surgeon I mentioned before, he was obsessively interested in the workings of the human body, particularly instances when he couldn't save a patient. He knew how to do the surgeries. He knew how to fix and seal wounds, but he didn't know what he had missed when the patient had died. So this drove him out of the practice of medicine and into something a little darker And that is what leads to him becoming a caretaker of a cemetery. This was no accident. This wasn't a, I'm a new guy in town. I got to find a job. I'll take whatever you get. He wanted this job. Along with taking this caretaker position, he also moved into a large Victorian style mansion that was on the cemetery grounds. And he converted a good portion of this mansion into a, or I don't know if he converted it or maybe it was, was already converted. It was a mortuary slash funeral parlor he, Pretty much made, maybe not the rest of the mansion, but at least a large portion of it outside of that into the area where he continued this exploration of his personal obsession. To help him out, he moved in members of what he called his extended family. Now, some of these people were blood relatives. Others were just slightly to completely deranged assistants that came to town that were kind of like-minded or at least wanted to help the caretaker with his work. Either way, like-minded or wanting to help him with this work, there's going to be a level of uh, derangement, I think, in that type of individual. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a touch, yes. So as the deceased were brought into town, or I'm sorry, I should say the deceased of the town were brought into the mortuary, the caretaker and his family, which I'll be doing air quotes, I think, every time I say that, so I'll just set the stage, and his family used these bodies to continue these studies to study the human anatomy a little deeper, see if they can find that missing piece that the caretaker had up to this point not found. And when there was a bit of a dry spell on fresh bodies, luckily he lived on the grounds of a cemetery so he could dig some up from the cemetery and continue to work. It's very fortunate. Yeah. (laughs) What luck. Yeah. And you could probably get dinner at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. That'll come up. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah. Shit. laughs> I was like, do I reveal that or just wait till I get to it? I was like, no, no, I'll come up. Oh, yum. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, collaboration within the family became such a, almost a, a big event, like a weekly event that they started to make these kind of sick parties that set it around this work. They'd bring in the bodies that they wanted to work with, and while they are at it, they'd bring in a few more that may or may not be used, but while they are waiting, they kind of placed them around the house for decoration. Yeah, make it look like the party's a little more exciting than it actually is. Right. (laughs) It's like when you invite the the house of nerds down the street because you want to have more people at your party, make it look like you're popular.
0: Oh, you want to have more people at your party and make it look full, but... At the same time, you want to get invite the people that have absolutely no chance with the chicks, right? No chance with the chicks and won't drink your beer, right? <laughs> this is all starting to make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Oh. So <laughs> you're you're empathizing with the caretaker now. I <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> I, he is one of my favorites. I will tell you that. <laughs> oh. Okay. So the research continued. Eventually. I, I would imagine this didn't take long, but maybe it did. I don't, they're digging up this many bodies. It must've taken some time to get to this realization. The caretaker had the realization that he was not going to find what he was looking for in dead bodies because that missing piece, whatever it was, had to be related either to the soul or certainly to the living. So he turned his sights on researching living specimens so, to do that, he actually was a little smart. He'd go. Now, the the story goes he went to a nearby town. I don't know if they mean he went out of his community and deeper into Cary, Ohio, or completely outside of Cary, Ohio. Either way, uh, he'd go into whatever part of town they're talking about, find homeless people, and give them what would seem like an incredibly charitable offer. And that would be to stay at his mansion until they got back on their feet. All they'd have to do is help him with some of his work around the house. Right. So he didn't lie. No. Because (laughs) that work was his research. Now, we discussed this in our last episode, but I really think it's worth repeating once again. Here are some of the things he did on his living, uh, I was going to say victims. Well, they are, but uh, I'm trying to think in his mindset, his living uh, subjects. Thank you. There you go. That's a good one. So one task was they'd be restrained to a surgery table while he did. Some invasive surgery that was performed completely without anesthetic, and while fully conscious, uh, he'd do some chemical injections. Again, with, while they're conscious, he'd do brutal amputations, live dissections, castrations. There, there would go my soul. <laughs> <laughs> he'd do some electroshock work and organ removal. So he would even go outside the realm of of what he knew about the human body. And would experiment with some psychological factors on the body. He'd push a person's fear to the point of going mad and dying to see what would happen. And one way he would do this would be to bury victims alive. I'm sorry. Test test subjects alive. Nice guy. (laughs) Still, through all this, just no answer to be found. And this actually made the caretaker's obsession worse. He wasn't any closer to finding his answer at all. So his madness just twisted his mind into an almost uh, like a, like an almost another type of conscious state. Like he, he continued to work physically, but his, he he was obviously in our world. We're not talking anything metaphysical here, but his mind was completely gone. He'd almost be in a philosophical state of how he'd approach things. And they were so disconnected to what the real world was that he just, he wasn't li- living in our world mentally. He wasn't seeing things that were going on around him. Uh, and this is known because he, while he was in this state of mind, he would be writing down his notes and making some audio recordings. I wish some audio recordings were actually produced on this. And maybe that's a project we could take on in later oh, seasons, yeah. but there currently is not. That's, that would be fascinating to hear. That would be. Yeah. That would be a nice little sub-series of its own to try to write. I don't know, though. That might make me a little crazy trying to write those out. Make, make you a little th- crazy? I was going to say, I, I think any time after 3 o'clock come Wednesday at work, I'd be good for Thursday and Friday to write that out as a stream of consciousness thing. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> well, I could have done it earlier today. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. So, in this new mental state, uh, like I had kind of just prefaced, he, he was not seeing... What was going on in the real world around him, and things started to get a little out of control at the mansion. Which, saying that at this point in the story, that's pretty bad, because apparently yeah. I didn't—I didn't think decorating the house with dead bodies during a party was a problem. I didn't think that well, was out of hand even, at all. Up until
0: now, you just—you just basically told us that he knew how to throw a good party. <laughs> yeah,
1: I guess yeah. so, right? Yeah. So his family, air quotes again, they continued the parties. Now they were starting to take some of the body parts from the surgery and being a little more creative with them and Quint right back to your joke which now is not a joke they started to use some of those parts as dinner ingredients uh-huh. yep more decorations now dinner ingredients and God knows what else yeah <laughs> they also got a little carried away with the uh, use of the bodies and I don't I don't mean this in a any kind of disgusting vulgar way they just would use them as Playthings, literally, like as playthings. Um, they, I don't know if they would set them up at a ping pong table and duct tape a paddle to their hand and try to play with them. But <laughs> they, they would do. They would probably. I actually envision because of something that's about to happen later. I actually envision one of the party or one of the families at a party using one as a, a ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> things like that. I mean, think of think of the most innocuous thing, and then just replace whatever they're doing with a dead body. And that's kind of sounds like what it is because that just twists this in a simple innocuous harmless thing into something incredibly creepy and and demented. Can you imagine the puppet show? That would be awesome. Marionettes. <laughs> yeah. Live live sized marionettes. Yep.
0: <laughs> Are you sure these people weren't from Shady Brook?
1: No, I'm not. Uh, they're some of these like minded individuals very well may have been. That's, or at least that should have been. Should have been. do <laughs> certainly sure qualified. work with some
0: of these people, No,
1: I am not <laughs> sure about that either. So, meanwhile, as is going on, the caretaker is falling deeper into his own madness, and he's just he has no control or even any concept of what the family is doing, and is the watchful eye he kind of used to have over these parties is, is gone. So now the family is completely out of control, and this all finally catches up to everybody. One night. When two teenagers are walking through the cemetery, they're taking not really a shortcut home, but they're kind of taking a leisurely walk home in the middle of the night. They decide to try to scare each other by telling scary stories, almost ghost stories as they wander through the cemetery. Well, once they come across with an earshot of the mansion, they hear music and they follow the music and one of these parties is going on in full swing in the mansion. They move in to take a closer look, and they see one of the family members dancing with one of these corpses. Again, kind of the setup I gave you: taking an innocuous thing like dancing and replace one of the people with a corpse. Like That's weekend what they saw. At Bernie's. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> every family party was weekend at Bernies. <laughs> so they they um that they, they saw this. They took off. They weren't seen, or if they were, they were completely disregarded. But they they took off. They reported what they saw. And then the police chief in good old Cary, Ohio, Chief Brockett, he went to the mansion. He declared the entire mansion and cemetery a crime scene and placed everyone that was in the mansion at the time under house arrest. So instead of resisting in any regard, the caretaker cooperated fully. In fact, to the point where he was like eagerly showing his research off to the officers in the mansion. Uh, <laughs> uh. <right? laughs> yeah he's like really proud of what he did i guess and wanted to show them so the initial police report right off the bat is just i want to say stuff of legend but stuff of nightmares i guess and the news of this just went it they went spread like wildfire every every news whatever it was radio tv whatever is at the time there's no real timeline on this it just went Reported this because it was just—it was horrifying. It was shocking. It was just everything a news outlet would want in traditional media. The potential body count from the initial inspection was said to rival that of a typical Nazi death camp.
0: Oh shit! That's a lot. Yeah, it was
1: like. (laughs) Okay,
0: so this has been going on a lot longer than I'd imagine.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's, or very quickly as they're digging up these graves. Yeah, but,
0: man, that's a lot of... That's a big cemetery.
1: Yes. It, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Most of the local townspeople here had some sort of connection to the victims, be the ones that were living that he killed or the buried bodies that he desecrated. So with the wheels of justice moving way too slow. The townspeople took matters into their own hands. They formed a mob and set fire to the mansion with the caretaker and his extended family still inside. Once the fire burned out and investigators were able to start looking through the remains, they never found the body of the caretaker or any of his family, except for one. They found the remains of what they thought was his daughter, Cindy. Now, Cindy being a huge mystery in and of of herself, there, there wasn't any records to conclusively identify the body as her. They were able to identify the remains as female. They could tell it was a child, but knowing the mind of the caretaker, he may have planted this to protect his daughter. Or I put this note in, which is not in the story. Even more likely Cindy planted the body to protect herself. Yeah. Cause she is one twisted fuck. Yes. So that's, that's how, I, what I think happened, but that's all speculation on my part. Of course, this is all fictitious, so it's all speculation, but that's another story. (laughs) Oh, I don't know, obviously, which one it is, if either, but hopefully that's another story to tell one day. We'll see. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see, actually. Uh, What the investigators did find instead of the bodies was an elaborate network of tunnels running for miles all together under the cemetery that all led back to the cellar of the mansion. Now, this network of tunnels allowed the family to retrieve the bodies from below the coffins and bring them back to the mansion and never have to step outside and have the possibility of being seen. This naturally, they theorized, is probably and probably correct how the caretaker and his family escaped the fire. Mm -hmm. Now, there were some key pieces of evidence that survived the fire. They did find a large stove kettle that was filled with boiled body parts. They found the remnants of a corridor from the mansion that was apparently lined with intestines. They- oh wow! <laughs> like,
0: um, uh. <laughs> Quint, speechless. Yeah, I know, what? right? It's just fucking like I got a mental image, and it just kind of got creepy.
1: It's worse, Quint. They're clown intestines. No fucking. Ah! <laughs> Uh, they found a collection of skulls, which is actually like the least disturbing thing in this list. But the most potentially disturbing thing was the caretaker's audio journal. And by going over the notes that the caretaker left in just the audio recording, they were able to piece together over 2000 graves that the, that had been tampered with by the caretaker, by him and his family in his own words. Damn. Yeah. That's a lot of graves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now at this point in the story a year's passed and the cemetery has been sealed off from the public Uh, It's the police and investigating, whatever investigators are involved, I don't even know if it got to a, a federal level at this point they were going through the ruins of the mansion extremely meticulously, so it's been ongoing for a year now they just keep every time they they're almost treating it like an archaeological site just keeping an eye out for any new evidence any bodies they missed anything they could have could possibly use to piece together all these unanswered questions while tearing this meticulous dismantling of the ruins three unidentified bodies were discovered but they were decomposing they weren't burnt So soon after this, people of the town decided to disobey the quarantine of this area and just started to go out on themselves to see what had happened. Almost by all reports, all these people that did that went missing. Their bodies weren't found. They weren't these additional decomposing bodies. The only clue that led them back to the mansion was the last thing any witness could offer about these missing people was that they talked about or flat out said they were going to go check out the ruins of the mansion themselves. In addition to this, the further we get into this new mystery, there's starting to be reports of sounds coming from the ruins. So now official teams are sent to investigate, and some of them start ending up disappearing themselves. All of these events are completely unexplained, and they kind of just lay off the site for a while and only work on it, in supervised in, or I should say in teams with everyone in the eyesight of each other during the daylight. So this year long project is now extending over three years. They finally get through all the ashes, all the ruins. They don't find anything more. No one else has disappeared. So they finally bulldoze everything over at this point. It took entirely three years to get to this point on this third year anniversary of this mob burning down the house and all of this being exposed, there's reports and sightings of ghostly figures and mangled bodies and decaying corpses around this site again. Even reports of a withered old gentleman in a black suit holding the hand of a dark-haired little girl. Again, by the time these reports were made and they went out to investigate, th- nothing was seen. This was all never confirmed. So, we at this point... We don't have any more sightings of the caretaker until four years later when we're introduced to a character, at least in the Hollywood Horror Nights realm, named Fear. And he is introduced as a minion of, I'm sorry, he's introduced as one of his minions, the minion of death. Now, here's where it is a little interesting because I don't know if they did this with all characters. I really got to go back and really closely look at pictures. But the the caretaker has these marks on the side of his neck. So it seems like he was made the minion of death and not always his minion of death like I had always kind of interpreted these minions. So this kind of puts a new aspect on fear. I don't know if fear is going to be able to warrant his own story, at least to the extent we just did with the caretaker and certainly not the extent we did with Jack. But that has actually led me to more questions I want answers to. So I might lump it in with that one of where we're kind of talking about little short stories here and there. Cause he just got a lot more interesting, just researching the caretaker, at least to me.
0: Hmm. So, so he was,
1: the caretaker was a minion. Is what you're saying? Yes. So yellow was, I was waiting. I was like, okay, that's why I kind of pause. I was like, is he yeah. going to say it or is he going to wait for a setup? No. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> it just like completely makes him less scary.
1: <laughs> well, Karen likes him even more now. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, <laughs> so going back into Halloween Horror Nights lore, we'll see him one more time. It, well, yes, I'm sorry. We will see him one more time when he is brought back to Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, let's, I should say. Let's say that. Let me take that all back and say one more time. So far, because I didn't think we'd ever see him again. We saw him when Jack the Clown collected the worst of the worst for the Halloween Horror Nights icon scare zone, and he was able to perform his signature live conscious no anesthetic autopsy heart removals over and over night after night that was fun yes so and that is it for the caretaker that is his story and it's not ended which is kind of cool yeah he could always come back when you have these supernatural things and the fact that he's come back what he came back in 16 came back in 25 and uh actually i have his appearances he was well he was Like we said, he was the icon for Halloween Horror Nights 2002, Islands of Fear. He had his icon maze, uh, Scream House. He returned the next year in 2003 for Halloween Horror Nights 13 in another maze called Scream House Revisited. He returned in 2006 for Halloween Horror Nights Sweet 16. He was part of the Arrival Show. Now, I'll talk much more about that later because this is a big change for Halloween Horror Nights and a new addition to the event that we see up to this day in the modern era, Halloween Horror Nights. So when we get to sixteen, we're going to talk a lot about this arrival show. Uh, he also had a maze that year, and he sh- finally shared this with Cindy. It was called mm. House Resurrection. It was kind—I of, don't know if it was a fifty-fifty, but she was in it a lot more than ever before. Uh, he and Cindy appeared in Shadows of the Past, uh, Scare Zone in two thousand nine's Halloween Horror Nights. Ripped from the silver screen, it was another icon homage. Not not didn't have individual stages when I remember like they did. For this year, it was kind of the caretaker and Cindy, I believe, are roaming characters. Hmm. Let's see what I can find on that. What My notes say when we get to that, that's actually not too far down the line. 2010, he was at Halloween Horror Nights 20, as I just said, as one of Fear's minions. He was death. And, of course, in 2025, he was a huge part of the Icon Scare Zone. He was one of the four staged icons and had his own show, which we had just talked about it. He is one of my all-time favorites. I'll tell you guys that much. I love the look. I really like this story, and I think reincorporating Cindy as his daughter actually works. I think so. Yep. So yeah. if there was a Halloween Horror Nights Hall of Fame for me, he would definitely be inducted. And just uh, just by
0: sheer amount of appearances, I think he would have to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's pretty prolific. We talked about some of the other. We've talked about some of the other icons, and they're not nearly that prolific.
1: I don't know. I really don't know what his popularity is among the community. I, I didn't think to even kind of just post that question in a forum. I kind of wish I had now, but I didn't. And, um, he's gotta be. Well, like I mean, going, he's, well,
0: uh, well, what was Morticians, that? morticians have always been like a, just a creepy sort of job and a creepy sort of, you know, thing. And they put it in movies, even movies that aren't horror movies. There's often, you know, you go into the mortuary or the, the, uh, Yeah when he would coroner's office
1: sort of thing. And it's just always a creepy vibe. It's just well, he's yeah, but I was, um, that's true. And what I was thinking while I was saying that was that if you go to the horror makeup show, which we all have been to, and you go to that Halloween horror nights display over to the right, it's Jack and it's the caretaker. That's right. So, I mean, he must be popular or I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know why they picked him for sure. I mean, I'm happy they do. He's one of my favorites, but he must be pretty highly regarded. Yeah. Plus, that's just a, it is a good look for that display, too. You got Jack, who's colorful. Creepy, but colorful. And then you have the under, the uh, Undertaker. You have the Caretaker, <laughs> who's almost a completely grayscale palette. There's right. a little bit of flesh color left in his skin, but not a whole lot. What is his eyes? Did
0: they did they put color in his eyes at all?
1: I want to say they're kind of like that frost blue, but that just might be my... Man, yeah, I'm looking at him now. Oh,
0: and well, on the... hmm. The pamphlet is all done in green backlights, so they kind of look greenish there. So that's probably not a good place.
1: Um, yeah, they're they're bright anyway. There's a there's a color publicity shot where they're like, they have they have blue in them, but they're best I can describe it as a gray blue. I don't yeah. know if that's, the, it probably is a name for that color. No, every color has a name, has a Pantone name, but I don't know what the Pantone color is for this. The eyes, but just enough color so that there's color, but it still is not trailing far from that grayscale look. Yeah. I I like this guy. And I told, I talked about the commercial, our last episode, one of the, uh, I thought scariest commercials for Halloween hard nights.
0: Yeah. And subtle scary.
1: Yeah. Right. Yep. So yeah, that's it. That's all I got for this episode and for this character. Very
0: cool. Yep and it it sounds like it sounds like we'll probably see more of him if they continue to do anything with the icons we'll likely see more of him yeah
1: yeah i would hope so i would hope so and it, between the look the story and the the show uh that they've used kind of twice now was the show he had on the stage was a a short version of his the finale was the finale of the uh i guess the show actually was the finale of the Opening ceremonies is where I was going with that. Oh, okay. So, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, I yeah, I hope to see him again. That is it once again. So I will say, I believe. Yeah, we are. Our next episode coming up. We're going to continue another year, and we may do another character after that. I have not done the research yet. I don't know if we're going to have as much to talk about as we do. On this one, but for sure we're gonna pick up with another year on our next episode. So I'm finding this uh, kind of fun to jump back and forth. So I'm gonna, and I'll talk to you guys more about this later. I might try to have this season go back and forth between years and a specific subject, and and just to kind of keep it mix mixed up, mixing it up, and and keeping us the conversation going and new with each episode. I, I don't know how you guys have thought about how thought about that, but I've liked how this worked out so far haven't really thought about it, so it uh, doesn't
0: sound like a bad idea to me. Okay. Yeah, me neither. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying learning a lot about these. Yes. <laughs> we, yeah, we new to me, so.
1: That's true. That is true. So, Karen is, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of the icons are new to me, too. Like, I I only saw one, and I haven't really heard that much, of, except for what I needed to know for 25. Right. I haven't really heard the full stories behind a lot of them, and they're fun to hear. Okay. The team that has come up with these guys has done a really good job with their their attention to detail and, and storytelling. So I think, you know, it would do them justice to to go through a bunch of them.
1: Okay, well, I'll definitely keep that in mind. So, well, there you go. Anyone listening, That is sounds like what we're going to try to do this season. Well, <laughs> we can, last, uh, we've last the we said it once. We've probably said it 10 times that the show has changed so much from what we originally intended. it probably change even more throughout the season, so who knows what we're going to do. We do know it's going to be about Halloween Horror Nights. We're not going to jump on here and talk about Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party. That, I can guarantee, you, will never happen. At least not with me right. on. Maybe well, you guys can do it. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Well. On you've, that you've been to not- Disney more often than I have yeah that's true that's just by proximity <laughs> if I had to travel it wouldn't happen alright on that note I'm Quint cursing me out with that I will say thank you for listening to this episode thank you Karen and Quint for joining me and letting me talk about one of my all time favorite icons we will be back with a new episode so until then I'll say once again thanks for listening and we'll see you in that next episode Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a NewsAz internet entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright Universal Studios or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, and follow our Twitter account at newsaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Newsaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening.